Welcome to the Horse.com's Ask the Vet Live. I'm your host, Michelle Anderson, Digital Managing Editor of the Horse.com. Tonight's Ask the Vet Live is titled Helping Horses with Heaves, and it is brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim Vet Medica. We're joined tonight by our experts, Dr. Rose Nolan Walston, who is an internal medicine specialist at the University of Pennsylvania's New Bolton Center, and Dr. Craig Shoemaker, who is an equine technical manager with Bowringer. Thank you for joining us, doctors. Thanks very much. much. Pleasure to be here. Now, let's start with you, Dr. Nolan Walston. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience and research interest in heavy horses? So um, I've had an interest in heaves ever since I did my residency at Tufts um, University, which has a big um, lung function program. And I saw a lot of clinical cases of heaves coming through the hospital, all the way from pleasure horses and backyard pets up to top-level competition horses. And um, I now actually even own a heavey horse. So my experience in it is both professional and, and also personal. Yeah, I've had a heavy horse too, and it can be really frustrating as an owner to manage these horses. Um, Dr. Shoemaker, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the disease? Well, yes, certainly. I uh, grew up in southern New Mexico and was exposed largely in the earlier part of my uh, growing up in my professional career with racehorses, so I dealt with a lot of different respiratory diseases. And just moving through my career, uh, recognizing as I got away from the racetrack how much uh, horses suffered with these types of recurrent airway diseases and then learning the difference between them and how to approach them, diagnose, and treat them has been an interesting process. And as you say, it, it oftentimes is, it can be extremely frustrating. And now I find myself uh, at this point in my life and career working for Beringer Ingelheim, who is uh, the company is very active in a lot of different respiratory health products, uh, big in the vaccine world, so anything you can imagine that has to do with vaccinating against all the different well-known respiratory pathogens, and in addition, products like Binti Pullman uh, that have specific, and we'll talk about it moving forward, specific uh, uses in, in respiratory disease, of course, so... Okay. Well, for everyone listening, this event is an hour long, and we're going to do our best to stay within that time frame. If you're listening live, you can go ahead and submit your questions into your browser. As you're listening, we'll take follow-up questions to the ones that were submitted before the event started. Um, We also have some additional resources available for you if you are interested in more information about uh, heaves, and that is at thehorse.com heave resources. And you can, now don't go to that URL while you're listening to this. You'll want to open up another window in your browser and type that in to look at those resources. So now we're going to go ahead and get started with our questions. And we're going to start with you, Dr. Nolan Walston. This question came from Bonnie, and Bonnie's in Michigan. And she wants to know what are the early signs of heaves in a horse? All right, that's a great question to start with, and I, I think I'm going to use it as a, as a moment to talk a little bit about what heaves is and then segue into what those early signs are. So um, heaves is characterized by a disease in horses where they have episodic um, periods of difficulty breathing. And so in order to say that a horse has heaves, it has to actually have a tax. Uh, and these attacks are really almost exactly the same disease as asthma in humans. So when you think about an asthmatic human, they get a bronchospasm, which means all those little tubes in their lungs squeeze tight, 
Um, the lungs become inflamed and mucus and pus builds up in the airway. And between that sticky buildup in the lungs and those airways squeezing tight and spasming, um, the person with asthma and the horse with heaves struggles to breathe. And this doesn't go on permanently. There'll be an attack and then the horse will do better for a while. But these attacks come back again um, over and over. It's not something that, that gets cured and goes away like a case of the flu or even the pneumonia. So one of the early signs and symptoms of heaves, um, probably the first thing that the astute owner will notice is that the horse coughs at exercise. And horses have a really high cough trigger. So a person or a dog will cough even if they have a little tiny tickle in their throat. Horses don't cough until there's something pretty serious going wrong. And so I, I always encourage owners not to ignore even those first few coughs at the beginning of exercise. And then typically another thing that we'll see is some thick whitish nasal discharge in the coughing horse or the horse with early heaves. And those horses will often be a little exercise intolerant, so they'll get out of breath quicker than they used to. And all of these signs can go on for weeks or months before the first attack. And most horse owners notice that attack pretty readily. The horse is really puffing hard, moving its abdomen, pushing the air out of its chest and struggling to breathe. Um, but usually if you question them, you'll find out that the horse has been having these milder signs and symptoms before that of the nasal discharge and the coughing at exercise. So, Dr. Nolan Walston, I had an experience with a mare who had severe heaves where she had the heave line and would have these attacks. Um, and that was my experience with the disease. So, I have now an a mid-level dressage horse that will cough once or twice every time I ride him right when I'm warming him up. So should I be concerned about that? Because that's something I've never talked to my vet about. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a common thing to happen. And a lot of people go, oh, don't worry, they're just clearing their airways. But what we see with heaves is, is there's a kind of little brother disease to heaves called inflammatory airway disease. And inflammatory airway disease is pretty much the same as heaves. It's the same bronchospasm, so that the squeezing shut of the airways and the, the mucus and pus. And the only difference is that you're not actually seeing attacks um, where the horse struggles to breathe. Uh, and, and inflammatory airway disease does limit performance. And we don't know if it turns into heaves. We don't know if it's early heaves or a separate disease completely. I suspect that in many cases it's early heaves. So I think if I had a horse that coughed a little bit at the beginning of exercise, I'd pay special attention to try and reduce the inhaled triggers that that horse is exposed to. Those are the things that cause the inflammation in the lungs like hay dust and bond dust um, and you know being kept up in stalls and exposed to, to those sorts of particles that they breathe into their lungs. Okay. Um, Dr. Shoemaker, you know, we've been referring to this disease as heaves, but it seems like it's known by a lot of different names, and those names have changed recently. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what you as a practitioner call the disease? Yeah, certainly, and we have gone through some changes. I think it was back in 2008, the, uh, the internal medicine group actually wrote a consensus statement trying to resolve some of the issues that surround the confusion and naming a lot of these different airway diseases. And in large part, uh, over the years, it's been a confusion because several of the mechanisms and pathophysiology and things like that just haven't been fully understood. But in that consensus statement, uh, first off, I, I have to say that this disease, or heaves as we call it now, uh, or recurrent airway obstruction, as it's known more properly now. It's been around for a very, very, very long time, and 
and over the years it's been called many, many different things. Um, the term COPD, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, actually comes from the human side, and we've tried to equate it to disease and people uh, with that uh, same kind of struggling to exhale air out of their lungs. Now, in people, the principal cause of that is uh, results from exposure to tobacco smoke, primarily. It's, uh, it's seen in smokers, as we all know. But actually, as, as, as Dr. Uh, Nolan Walston pointed out, uh, in horses, it's actually more akin to um, asthma in people, although there are some people that uh, research this that don't share all of the same thoughts. But it is an allergic disease in horses, allergic respiratory disease, uh, characterized by some of the very same things uh, that we see in, in people with asthma, uh, respiratory difficulty at rest uh, uh, or during exercise, especially when exposed to allergens within their environment. And again, mostly we're talking about organic dust and things that hay that horses eat might contain their bedding, things like that, or, or their environment within the barn. Okay. And Dr. Nolan Walston, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I completely agree with, with everything that Craig is saying there. Um, I think probably the biggest reason that we swapped terminologies is is because there is this human disease called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which, as Craig mentioned, is a disease of smokers. And although heaves in horses is chronic, that means it goes on for a long way, and it is obstructive, which means the airways get blocked, and it is a pulmonary or lung disease, it's not at all the same disease as COPD in people. And so it's a little confusing if you're an owner and you go, oh, yeah, my gran has COPD, my horse has the same thing. Not at all. It's much, much closer to your kid that has asthma than your gran who has COPD. And so that's that's why we changed it because we thought that it was kind of... Um, uh, it, it was it was distracting people from what the the real real disease was. It was sort okay. of misleading. So, Dr. Nolan Walston, we have a question from Nell in Mississippi, and she wants to know what predisposes a horse to developing this disease, and is there an inherited element to the condition? Oh, that's really interesting. Um, the short answer is yes, there is an inherited element to this condition, but we don't understand it yet. Heat is a I mean, it's an incredibly complicated disease and there are a whole lot of factors that go into it. So there are some diseases where the um heredity is nice and simple. You find the gene, you can look at the gene, you can tell it's broken and, and there you have it. But in people with asthma, we think that it's um affected by lots and lots of different genes, and no one's been able to identify you know, the asthma gene. And the same thing is true in, in horses. But we do know that in two different warm blood families um, over in Europe, uh, there's a strong hereditary component to, to the propensity towards heaves. And I, I suspect that's probably true in other breeds as well. We have a follow-up question from our live audience for you, Dr. Nolan Walston, and it's from Erica in Kentucky, and she has an 18-year-old thoroughbred who's a roarer, and she wants to know if this or some other upper airway ailment could predispose him to uh, developing heaves in the future. Oh, interesting. All right, so... Um 
horses are basically machines that turn oxygen into energy and energy into speed. And so that's sort of, you know, if you have a competitive horse, that's what you're interested in. There are a whole lot of reasons why a horse fails to be able to get oxygen into their body and convert it into energy to be an athlete. And so the one that she's mentioning here being Aurora is when part of the larynx or voice box of the horse becomes paralyzed and one of the little... um Vocal folds, which sort of make the whinny and close up when the horse swallows food, it becomes paralyzed and hangs in the middle of the airway. And so as the horse gallops, the air um, goes past that little flap and makes a kind of flapping noise or a roaring sound. And that's associated with a dysfunction of one of the nerves that travels up the neck that um, innervates the little muscle to that, that flap. And so basically, it's, it's a whole different ball game from heaves, which is an inflammatory condition um, associated with some sort of hypersensitivity to inhaled particles in the lungs. So um, I would say that um, horses being roarers is really common and heaves is really common. And so it wouldn't surprise me if you saw two in the same horse, but I don't think they'd be related. Okay. Dr. Shoemaker, we have a question from Lynn in Oklahoma City, and she wants to know if you have a horse that has several dry coughs several times a day, even while just standing out in the pasture, is this considered heaves? She adds that the horse also has the same dry cough when ridden, and she wants to know how do you know for sure it's heaves, and does catching it early increase the the chance of finding a cure? Her horse is 18 years old and is in good condition otherwise. She's been treating him per vet advice for the past three years, but he's not getting any better. Um, Dr. Shoemaker, do you have any thoughts or advice for, for Lynn? Yeah, certainly. Um, it's it's kind of like Rose said earlier. So the cough is one of those things in horses that uh, you have to really consider a cough at rest in riding the frequent cough as being abnormal because their cough response, is, as was mentioned earlier, is not, not as sensitive in other species. So... It certainly can be. I, I think that uh, some other things to watch for may not be as recognizable uh, uh, as the drainage. They may not have uh, the drainage from their nose all the time, but oftentimes at night they'll hang their heads and cough and you might see evidence of that uh, uh, mucus on the floor. And so some of those things help point you in that direction. But the absolute best and the, the way that that you differentiate a lot of these things from a diagnostic standpoint is a test in which your veterinarian or a veterinarian will uh, put fluid uh, through the trachea down into the, the small airways in the horse's lung, and then after doing that, recover that fluid. Uh, so that fluid has come into contact with the cells that line the airways uh, and all the cells that have migrated into the airway due to inflammation. That's called a bronchial bronch bronchoalveolar lavage, or BAL, uh, you'll see it in the literature that way. And so the characteristic type uh, is a cell, a type of white blood cell that is usually found in very high numbers in horses that have recurrent airway obstruction uh, versus horses that have inflammatory airway disease. The younger horses, uh, primarily, uh, when, you, when you wash those horses, the cell makeup is a little bit different. So that's helpful in and differentiate it, at least the early case of reactive airway disease or recurrent airway obstruction from inflammatory airway disease. Um, it's really, it really comes down, they can differentiate these, uh, but in terms of you're talking about carrying haze, again, we've touched on this. You can address the individual episodes that horses have as a result of the 
insulting agent, whatever that might be, that they're responding to in their environment in an allergic manner. So you manage the, the episodes of inflammation. You, you manage the accumulated mucus and trying to clear the mucus from the airway to alleviate some of that uh, secondary restriction and the bronchospasms that uh, Dr. Nolan Walston uh, mentioned as well. So it's like any, any disease. I, I think that uh, the earlier we recognize these uh, changes or, or presentations in our horses, whether it's heaves or another disease, Proper intervention, uh, early treatment certainly in- increases the chances of a horse living a normal life. And hopefully, you know, if we recognize that and, and, and address the environmental issues, remove those things that incite this kind of hypersensitive response in horses, then we can prevent uh, long-term damage and some of the permanent changes that are associated with persistent, episodic, uh, repeated insults to the airway as a result of, of this condition. Dr. Nolan Walston, we have a question from Judy in Ontario, Canada, and she wants to know if exposure to just one dusty bale of hay could cause heaves in a horse. Can one dusty bale of hay cause heaves? Well, the answer is no and yes, kind of. So let me kind of explain that a little bit more. So heaves is not caused by dusty hay. We don't know why horses, some horses are predisposed to developing heaves any more than we know why an individual person might develop asthma. But if your horse has the propensity for heaves when he's exposed to a trigger, then those airways are going to become inflamed and those airways are going to clamp down. And so if she has a horse that's been living out in a field and hasn't been exposed to any of these triggers, and in horses, most of the triggers are inhaled, whereas some people with asthma, the triggers can even be things like taking an a Tylenol or an Advil, but horses, most of the time, it's inhaled dust. If her horse has been living outside and has had no exposure to hay, if she exposes it to one dusty bale of hay, boy, absolutely, that horse could go into a complete heaves crisis and be standing there with its legs stretched out and its nostrils flaring, fighting for, for breath. I mean, it may look like that dusty bale um, caused the heaves, but it didn't really. That horse had heaves that was in remission. So that's the most important thing to remember about heaves is that, you know, like Craig was mentioning earlier, it's a disease that we can control, but it's not a disease that you can ever cure. You can never make a horse that's a heaves-susceptible horse stop being too sensitive to hay. You can put it in remission, and if you treat them well, they can be wonderful friends and, and companions and athletes. But, um, but every single time that horse is exposed to one dusty bale of hay, he's going to have another heaves attack. Okay. We have lots of questions coming in from our live audience tonight. Um, we have a question from Jenny in Louisiana, and, and Dr. Shoemaker, I'm going to give this one to you. She wants to know if wetting feed and hay can prevent or delay the onset of heaves in an otherwise healthy horse. The wetting of hay and feeds? Mm-hmm, wetting it down yeah. before yeah, feeding. I just do. Yes, I got you now. Uh, yes, in fact, that is... Uh, that is one of the methods by which um, you try to control those horses that are, are showing a sensitivity and being hyperreactive to something in their environment. There's a large amount of dust and other things within hay, such as, you know, depending on how you put hay up in bales, uh, there can be different content of dust. There can be mold spores that put up the hay is baled when it's a little bit too moist. 
they'll take off and you'll have a lot of mold spores, bacterial spores, uh, dust mites, just like we talk about in, you know, in our own homes uh, uh, that create a lot of hypersensitivity reactions. So there's a lot of things that are contained in hay. So the approach to soaking is to try and diminish uh, the amount of those things within the hay. So I think it's real important uh, uh, to try that. Um, it's necessary not to just stick the whole flake of hay into a bucket. I think you really need to be judicious and take those flakes and break them apart and actually physically shake them to try and get all that debris out of there and then soak them. And it's been shown, I think, a 10 to 15 minute soak prior to, to feeding it to your horse. You can put it in a hay net after you break it up, uh, put it in water, put a brick on it or something to keep it submerged. And then after 10 or 15 minutes, uh, feed it to your horse. You know, the alternative, there's some other alternatives. Sometimes that is very effective in horses and, you know, the mildly affected horse diagnosed with uh, heaves, oftentimes just these management changes like the feed changes and some other things within their environment, absolutely enough to make a big difference in, in mild cases. Um, so you can also try the haze not, soaking the haze not effective, you can go to complete or pelleted feeds. That's also very beneficial in some horses. And then there's a lot of other environmental approaches to trying to reduce exposure whatever it is to whatever the trigger that particular horse has that's setting off uh, an insult. Okay. We have another question from our live audience, Dr. Nolan Walston. I'm going to give this one to you. It's from Marie in Massachusetts, and she wants to know if horses with respiratory disease have otherwise compromised immune systems, and if so, could bolstering the horse's immune system be a method of treatment or management for a horse with heaves? Hmm. What a fun idea. Um, so the immune system is a complicated business. Um, the horse and other mammals have evolved over uh, millions of years to have this extremely sophisticated immune system to fight off um, bugs and other sorts of contaminants that they meet in their everyday lives. And you think every breath you take and every bite of food you have has bacteria in it that, you know, some of them are going to have the potential to cause a problem. And so um, the immune system is really, really finely calibrated. And if you just start getting medications that kind of bump it up a little bit, you really don't know what the immune system is going to do with those. And one of the, one of the tricky things about heaves was that there's actually some suggestion that heaves is secondary to an overactive immune system, not an underactive immune system. And one of the reasons that we believe that, and this is some of the most fascinating research that's, that's really come out in the last couple of decades about heaves, is that, remember I mentioned those families of horses that were more susceptible to heaves in Europe, those warm blood families. They found that actually um, one of those families was more susceptible to heaves, but less susceptible to worms, to intestinal parasites. And what the theory is, is that the horse's immune system is really, really active and it kills all of the worms, but it also causes inflammation in the lungs too. So I guess I would say that the immune system is too complicated for, for you and for me and, and certainly in, in a lot of cases for you know, even the most, most sophisticated scientists we have in human or veterinary medicine. I'd be really hesitant before I started messing with it, trying to um, affect a horse with heaves. Oh, that's really interesting, Dr. Nolan Walston. Um, and we have another question that just came in from our live audience, and I'm going to have both of you guys um, 
respond to this one, possibly. Um, this is from Julian, Indiana, and it's a really interesting question. She says she has three horses. Two of them are Mustangs, and one is a quarter horse. She said both of the Mustangs have heaves, but the quarter horse is fine. She's wondering if taking the Mustangs from out west and bringing them to Indiana has caused their respiratory problems. What do you think? Um, Dr. Nolan Wilson, do you want to start with that? Boy, um, I don't know, but I think it illustrates a sort of interesting point. Um, I think it's probably a fluke, and I'd be fascinated to hear what Dr. Schumacher has to say on the subject, but I think that one of the things you have to remember about how Mustangs live and how um, regular domesticated horses live is that Mustangs live outside 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and all they breathe is fresh air, and they're not exposed to any of those bond dust triggers that um, that domesticated horses are, and they also do, don't eat hay. And so they're avoiding throughout their entire lives the two things that we know trigger um, horses with heaves, bond dust and hay dust. So if you get these horses that sort of had their lungs in pristine condition all their life and suddenly expose them to a whole bunch of, of kind of toxic inhaled particles, are they going to be more sensitive? I don't know. Two out of three, I mean, I guess it suggests that they might be. Yeah, Dr. Shoemaker, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Dr. Nolan Walston's initial answer is probably the one that comes to my mind. I, I, I don't know, but... I think in in terms of of her answer, I would agree with with everything. And it's interesting, back back to an earlier statement she made about how complex the immune system is. It it is interesting that uh, even in people that have a lot of exposures from earlier on in life seem to have very robust uh, immune systems in in, in comparison to some individuals that have not had the same exposures. And I know there's some concern on the human side, but... Uh, yeah, who knows? But it does. It is interesting that uh, that particular breed, uh, being out like like Rose said, uh, could come into exposures with things they haven't had and develop these while others don't. It's an interesting point, nonetheless. Dr. Nolan Walser, our next question is for you. It's from Karen. Um, Karen's in on Bainbridge Island in Washington State, and she wants to know how she can tell if her horse has heaves or if it just has allergies. She said the mare seems mm-hmm. to get a cough every year about the same time as well as hives, um, and she normally it's just during workouts, but this year she isn't working and she still has a cough. Uh, you know, the whole tricky um, hives airway disease conundrum. So, Heaves and allergies. Heaves is, is a little bit complicated and interesting, and I'm going to start off by defining some terms here. Um, when we talk about allergy in medicine, we don't mean just, oh, that the animal reacts to something. We mean a really specific pathway. Um, it's called a, a type 1 hypersensitivity reaction. Um, and these hypersensitivity reactions... Um, are caused by very specific cells that do very specific things. And we, we're really not sure whether all of the heaves cases we see are actually due to allergies. Um, why do we think this? Well, because when you do one of these lung washes that Dr. Shoemaker mentioned earlier, you tend to get this cell that's just associated with pus, and this pus isn't part of an allergic 
um, pathway. Now, sometimes in these horses with a milder form of disease, inflammatory airway disease, um, you do get cells that are associated with allergies. They're, they're specific white blood cells called eosinophils and, and mast cells. But I think it's very, very complicated looking at, at heats and saying this is an allergic disease because you know, some studies say there's an allergic component and other studies don't find that at all. And when we run blood tests on horses to look for the products of an allergic reaction, we don't consistently find them. So when you look at a horse with hives, a horse with hives definitely does have allergies, but we've never been able to relate skin allergies to lung allergies. And people have certainly tried. They've looked at doing skin allergy testing in horses with heaves, and they haven't been able to um, relate the results of skin allergy testing to heaves. And they've done blood tests for allergies and tried to relate those to heaves, and they haven't been able to, in several studies, been able to do that. So right now, I think the link is tenuous and uncleaven, and I'm not even sure that it's there. So I think she should probably look at the hives and... Um, her horse's airway signs as two different problems and have her vet work them up and treat them differently. Okay. Our next question is for Dr. Shoemaker, and it came in from Mary in Illinois. And Mary wants to know if a horse can just have an episode or two of heaves and have it never develop into a chronic condition. And if so, would that horse be forever labeled as a heavey or COPD horse? Um, does a horse ever recover from heaves or COPD? And we've touched on that a little bit, but Dr. Shoemaker, do you have a, a clear answer for Mary? Clear? I don't know. We'll see how clear it is. <laughs> but, I mean, as I think there's there's this thread that's developing that some of these issues are um, certainly better understood than they have been in the past. Um, however, there's still uh, a lot to be worked out. But certainly... Um, the key, again, is horses that have, they're reacting to something. And, uh, again, to Dr. Nolan Walston's point, I mean, it's not a typical allergic response, but there's an influx, influx of a lot of cells. So they are reacting, they're hypersensitive to something in their environment, and we've touched on most of that tends to be things they eat, places they live, those kind of things. So uh, you can remove the insulting agent, and prevent the further exposures to those agents, then in the future, your horse may remain asymptomatic and not have any issues. It's not, one of the problems is it's not very well understood what each horse is responding to. So just like in people, one person may be responding to a particular thing in their feed uh, and only one thing, and others may be responding to combinations of things uh, so individual variation is a, is a big part of, of some of this. Um, certainly makes it a challenge in a lot of the cases. But again, it, the number one thing that we can do or, or you can do in your barns is to manage the environmental things that you have the ability to manage. And that's keeping uh, a clean shed row, removing as much dust from their feet as you can, moving to completed, complete pelleted feeds, uh, good good uh, uh, ventilation, uh, taking the horses out of, of those situations when it's time the cleaning crew comes through and starts cleaning the stall. You have the ability not stable or stalling your horse next to the indoor arena where there's a lot of dust kicked up. So really it's, it's a management thing in, in large part with these horses. So then it comes down to, you, you mentioned recover or, 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 um, 
cured again. And again, I think these horses remain for most of their life uh, sensitive to the things that they responded to initially. And so it's really about management. And then when they do have these episodes, uh, in, in the face of all the environmental management things and, and avoidance uh, practices you can implement, then medical treatment, uh, managing the inflammation in the airway, and moving down that path is really the key in those cases. So I kind of look at it as, uh, you know, those horses that have mild heaves, moderate heaves, and severe heaves in terms of where, where and what medical treatments you implement. But uh, it can be successfully controlled, this condition, in most horses with environmental control and some medical treatment, and then uh, they can move forward and, like, like we discussed earlier, have productive and healthy lives in most instances. Okay. Our next question is for Dr. Nolan Walston, and it's from Beth in Massachusetts. And Beth is a small animal veterinarian who said she's very frustrated to have uh, some large animal problems with her horses. She said that her 15-year-old Morgan Dutch Warmblood was diagnosed uh, at Tufts with IAD. She says she personally believes he also has some degree of RAO. Uh, is intradermal skin testing indicated for horses? And we touched on that a little bit, Dr. Nolan Walston. Um, she said that her reading suggests that these horses are reacting to molds and dust in the hay in the barns rather than pollen. Um, what is the success of hypersensitization shots in horses as well? Yeah, so this is this is very similar to what we were talking about earlier. Um, sadly, right now, we don't have any evidence at all that supports skin testing as a way of identifying what horses' lungs are sensitive to. What skin testing will tell you in horses is what their skin is sensitive to, but we don't we don't really have have any research that supports that what their skin is sensitive to is the same thing as their lung is sensitive to. Now, there is actually a dermatologist that I've been speaking to and working with, and he's, he's interested in challenging that assumption and doing some studies and looking for more of a link, but to date, none of the studies have shown that link. Um, and what's even more complicated is that there are blood allergy tests out there too, and those blood allergy tests, um, they tend to be pretty unreliable for a lot of things. Um, they give different answers depending on which ones you, you do. And if you submit the same horse's blood on multiple occasions, they'll often give you different answers just even for the same horse. So at this point, um, I don't usually recommend suggesting any sort of allergy testing, sadly, for diagnosing what trigger is in horses. I really wish it worked. It would make my life so much easier. <laughs> but, um, but I do think it's important that people kind of hold on to, hold on to what we really know, not, not what we wish. Even okay. If I wish it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next question is for Dr. Shoemaker, and it's from John in Pennsylvania. And John wants to know if early and more aggressive treatment uh, can prevent or lessen the long-term effects of of heaves. Yeah. Good question. And and again, I I think I think when when we talk about all of these things. Uh, Recognition and, and early intervention are, are key. So certainly we recognize in mild cases, we, we just talked about in the last question how environmental changes may be enough, like the, the feed and bedding issues we, we talked about. Um, but when you pass that point, then they get more severe inflammation that's not managed that way, then that's a real concern. Inflammatory processes uh, have long-term negative 
consequences. And so the more effectively we manage those when we recognize them in horses with heaves, uh, I think the long term is, is a benefit. So we do know that horses that go up and down with their episodic presentation of this hypersensitivity, if you will, uh, over time start to get some permanent changes if not addressed in, in their small airways. So they become less compliant. Uh, they change. Uh, the walls are, are, are uh, thicker. And so those can be permanent changes. And so when we talk about medical intervention, it's really when we move past the, the early uh, environmental issues and, and trying to change that. So again, we're talking about inflammatory process, um, kind of the cornerstone because inflammation is the cornerstone of heaves is using a corticosteroid. And in most instances, uh, we can use systemic uh, corticosteroids like dexamethasone or prednisolone. Um, in certain instances, people move into the use of inhalers or inhaled corticosteroids. There are some distinct advantages to uh, inhaled corticosteroids in that you're able to treat with the drug at the site of inflammation. So you don't have to give really large doses. Uh, that, that has, you know, the, those doses have to go through their body systemically to reach the lung and have the effect. So you have to dose horses with large amounts typically compared to the inhaled corticosteroids. So that has some unique advantages. We worry about corticosteroid therapy in horses. Uh, laminitis is always talked about, but long-term use of systemic uh, corticosteroids can also have a negative impact on the adrenal gland, adrenal suppression, and also it uh, it kind of depresses their whole immune response. And again, if we can avoid doing that, that's a, a certainly good approach. Uh, the second area, after you kind of try and con- control the inflammatory response, would then be to try and use a product that's a bronchodilator. Bronchodilators kind of does exactly what it sounds like it does. It opens up or dilates the airways. And uh, we have a, a product, Venti Pullman, which is an FDA-approved oral form of, of quinbuterol, which is the active ingredient or the active bronchodilator. It's a long-term, long-lasting uh, bronchodilator. And it actually has the added benefit of not just dilating the, the airways, but it also helps to clear the mucus that accumulates in there uh, by pushing it toward the, the upper part of the respiratory tract. Uh, there are cilia or little hair-like projections in, that line the airway that kind of their job is to constantly mute, move a thin sheet of mucus toward the top so anything that's trapped in the airway can be removed from the lung, hopefully, put back into the area of the throats where it's either swallowed or coughed out, ideally. So it, uh, Benny Pullman has been shown to improve that ciliary mechanism to remove, remove the mucus and anything trapped in the mucus. And then the bronchospasm that was mentioned earlier uh, by Rose is also been shown with this particular oral bronchodilator to be relaxed. So you get kind of a triple effect. Um, you know, you get a dilated airway, you get a removal of mucus and the ciliary mechanism improved and you reduce the bronchospasm. So it can really help these horses and uh, been very, very important in controlling uh, airway disease in a number of horses. So the goal is, again, early treatment, early rec- recognition, so we hopefully don't get those permanent changes to the architecture of the small airways or scarring uh, that can be permanent and affect the horses long term. 
Now, Dr. Shoemaker, you you mentioned steroids and laminitis. Now, lots of times these heavy horses are are older horses, and lots of times our older horses have some other issues going on, such as Cushing's or insulin resistance. Is it a concern to give these horses steroids if they have those other conditions? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So the whole steroid, corticosteroid uh, administration thing in horses is a bit uh, a bit like some of the other things we've talked about this evening. It's not really well understood or oftentimes is overrepresented. I will tell you that we do worry about it with some corticosteroids, and certainly in the cushionoid or a horse that has PPID or insulin resistance, they're much more prone to having bouts of laminitis, and we really worry about them. Um, but some of the some of the um, corticosteroids that we use, even in cushionoid horses that might be heavy, are are not the ones that we typically worry about, and we certainly think that treatment in the short term to control the inflammatory response it doesn't put that in, it put them in uh, a greater class of risk in that regard in in many instances. And again, in some of those instances, practitioners will will choose to try and go with an inhaled corticosteroid because of the, the things I mentioned earlier. You can use lower doses. Those steroids that are inhaled have a poor absorption rate from the lungs, so they don't go to other parts of the body systemically, if you will. So the likelihood of having um, issues with treating horses with Cushing's uh, with those products is, is reduced. Okay. And we had a question that came in from Stacy in Pennsylvania that was similar to the question that I asked you. So hopefully, Stacy, um, Dr. Shoemaker's uh, response helped you out with your question as well. We have a question for Dr. Nolan Walston, um, and it's from Gail in Chattanooga. And Gail wants to know if a history of lungworms contracted from a companion donkey would predispose a horse to have heave. She says she has a 19-year-old that, that may have had that situation. Boy, lungworms are so rare these days. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that she had a case of them. So donkeys often will um, carry lungworms, and sometimes they'll have disease associated with it. And horses don't don't allow this worm to reproduce in their lungs, so you only ever see it in, in horses that are stable with donkeys, and it's a, a super easy worm to kill. Just standard deworming with ivermectin will get it. So it's it's pretty unusual to see, and I'd, I'd be interested to know how the diagnosis was made. Um, no, I don't think it'll predispose her horse to heaves. I wonder if there's any chance, though, that, that her horse had heaves and... Um, the diagnosis of lungworm sort of was was made at home or without a veterinarian, and that that really, really all of the respiratory problems from the get go were heaves. Again, you know, if if the diagnosis was made by actually finding the the worm eggs, then then I would take that back. But um, but I would say no, I don't think there's any link that we're aware of. Okay. I have another question for you, Dr. Nolan Walston, and it's from Maria in Venezuela, Venezuela, and. We've touched on this a little bit, but she wants to know, for horses that are unresponsive to environmental changes, what are the recommended medical therapies? All right, then. I'm going to get started on one of my favorite subjects right here, which is how to treat a horse with heaves. And I like to start this with a story. 
And this is a story about a um, veterinary researcher who wanted to do a study of horses with heaves, and she wanted to get some horses for research to do lung function testing on, to basically see how their lungs worked. And so she went around and she recruited horses to be donated to her for this study. And these were horses with horrible, horrible heaves that she got them from, from owners and she got them from sales. And the whole time this was happening, she turned the horses out in a, this huge 200-acre field. And eventually she had enough horses for her study and she brought them all up and she tested their lungs to see how well they were working. And the answer was their lungs were perfect. Just being out in this huge field without any exposure to hay dust or barn dust kind of put these horses into complete remission. It almost cured them temporarily, but as soon as she started feeding them hay again, um, all of those signs came back. So the first thing that I would say to you is if you have a horse that is not responding to environmental changes, how sure are you that you're doing your environmental changes well? And so here's, here's the number one way of doing it. And I say this to all of the owners of my Hebe horses, and this is how my horse is kept. Number one, exposure to triggers, it doesn't take much to get that inflammatory cycle ramped up. So if you think about someone with an allergy to bee stings, they don't have to be stung by bees for 24 hours a day to have a reaction. Just one bee sting will get it going. So if you have a horse that you're keeping it out most of the time, but you bring it in occasionally, you may still be exposing it to triggers. And if you have a horse that you are feeding hay to, you're exposing it to triggers. So what are the environmental changes we recommend? 24-7 turnout. This is not possible for every horse owner, and I understand that, and I tell people to do their best. But oftentimes I'll have owners that say, oh, I can't leave him out in the rain or the snow. He'll be miserable. And to that, I tell them, you know, your horse is a horse. It's not a person. If you left the barn door open in the winter, your horse would choose to be outside even when you as a person would choose to be inside. So that's the first point. The second is if they're going to be inside, you've got to reduce their exposure to dust. And the best way of doing that is they need to be out of the stall when the stall is being cleaned and for two hours afterwards. And you've got to avoid straw bedding, not just for that horse, but all of the other horses that are in the barn. So that's number two. Number one, 24-7 turnout. Number two, if you can't do that, no straw in the barn. Number three, make sure that the horse is out of the stall when it's being cleaned and for two hours afterwards. Number four, make sure that there's no hay stored overhead so that there aren't these little particles raining down into your horse's airspace all the time. And number five, make sure that that horse is in the least dusty part of the barn. So make sure he's stabled in the stall right at the very end. And then the last thing I'm going to say um, people really struggle with again, and I don't understand it, is fresh air is good for horses. You don't see horses dying of the cold, but you do see horses that are crippled by heaves. So even in the winter, even when it's really frigid, leave those barn doors open. Leave the stall windows open. Don't get that barn all nice and toasty at night. All of the hay and manure and urine fumes are really toxic for these horses' lungs. And if you do all of these things, I bet your horse will respond to environmental changes. So that's my first very long answer. Second, if you cannot do all of those environmental changes, or if you do them all and your horse truly is still heaving, the next thing is to get rid of the inflammation, and Craig covered that beautifully. The best anti-inflammatory is steroids, corticosteroids, and you can either give them as a pill or a liquid orally, 
So that's dexamethasone or prednisolone. And those systemic steroids, the steroids that go through the whole body because they're given by mouth, um, are the best thing for putting these courses in remission and making their heaves crisis go away. But they have lots of other side effects. So once we have these sources in remission, we try to switch them to inhaled steroids, which are the little puffers that asthmatics use. And those are expensive, but a little bit safer, although kind of a pain in the neck to use. And then finally, if you still are having problems, um, the last step is the bronchodilators, ventipulmin or clenbuterol, which open up those airways. So very long answer to a short question. If your environmental changes aren't working, first of all, try and do more of them. And if they're really not working, corticosteroids first and bronchodilators second. So, Dr. Norman Walston, I have a horse that did not do well in a boarding situation, um, mm-hmm. and he had respiratory issues. I've had him at home for seven years. Uh, he only has a loafing shed. I don't have a barn. I really want a barn, and you just killed my argument for building a barn. <laughs> <laughs> my my, just to give you a little story, I have a lovely Dutch warm blood gelding. He's the perfect horse in every way, and his owner could never keep his heaves under control. And I've had him now for seven years without a heaves attack, and he hasn't been inside the barn once. Hmm. And this is a horse that was given up by his owner for heaves. So, Okay. <laughs> well, I still want that barn, but maybe he just won't live in it. <laughs> you got it. Um, so our next question is for Dr. Shoemaker. And and Jenny in Florida wants to know, what is the best way to manage an older horse, 25 years or older, that has heaves, particularly if you are a charity or a nonprofit on a budget? So I'm going to guess that this is probably a therapeutic riding horse. Yeah, I would guess as as well that that's the case. And, you know, first I have to say that those are always, always difficult things to to deal with uh, from their end uh, on a budget and trying to do the very, very best in terms of management of these types of conditions. Anything that becomes a chronic issue and, and the help of horses on a, on a budget, it's very difficult. So I can certainly understand the, the frustration of that. It really, again, uh, not knowing this particular horse or how severely it affected the horse is, it does come down to, however, all the things we've kind of already touched on this evening, and severity is certainly one of them. So if this horse is outside and not having too much trouble, uh, obviously based on the, the type of question it's having an issue, uh, if it's inside, then some of the things that uh, Dr. Nolan Walston just mentioned, uh, fresh air is the best, uh, the best approach initially, if not making some of those management changes we, we, we talked about. Fortunately, if these haven't been effective over uh, the course of this horse's life and uh, different episodes where the horse presented heavy, then medical uh, treatment is really the, the best option. I know, like in everything we deal with, if you look and get online and look at the, the myriad of supplements that are out there, um, I don't know how people can possibly go through and understand all of them because there's so many but the, I think the thing we struggle with in, in veterinary practice when we talk about those things often is that uh, there's not a lot of good clinical clinical research that would support in a certain way uh, the use of some of these. Now, some of them do have anecdotal benefits, which uh, they could try. And I think my recommendation there would be make sure you talk to your veterinarian, make sure that what's in the supplement 
uh, is, is safe and, and not going to be detrimental to your horse in any other way. But outside of that, I really do believe that uh, we've touched on the relevant and, and important medical approaches to this disease, and you have to be able to control the inflammation. And short of that, then the, then the issue is, is persistent. Uh, cortic- corticosteroids are the way to go. Uh, certainly the orals, like uh, Doc mentioned earlier, prednisolone, some of the tablets, those are much more uh, cost-effective uh, versus the inhaled. And then uh, the bronchodilators like Venti Pullman, while they do have some anti-inflammatory effect that's been shown in clinical studies, if you have a horse that has severe inflammation in the airways, it's not enough to just treat with a bronchodilator. So really, if it's, it's, it's affected to any degree, those are the cornerstones with corticosteroids being first to in, uh, control, get the inflammation under control, prevent further damage, and then adding a bronchodilator if necessary to help with the bronchospasms and clearing the airway of accumulated mucus. So again, that's a, another point where, you know, recognition and, and intervention can hopefully keep these horses from getting to a place in their lives where uh, they're, they're uh, limited with the, you know, options. So. Okay. And we have a question that's come in uh, from our live audience. Uh, Janine is in Guatemala, and she wants to know what you should do if you have a horse that seems to have uh, RAO that's turned out. 24/7 is, and if the horse isn't isn't responding to steroids or bronchodilators, what are your options for those horses that are outside? And Dr. Well, Nolan Walston, oh, Dr. Shoemaker. No, that's fine. I'll, I'll let Dr. Nolan Walston address it first. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to answer this like the hospital vet that I am. Um, I think if you have a horse that lives outside all the time and it has signs of heaves, there are two possibilities. The first is that in the southern United States, so kind of Florida, Georgia, the the southeast United States, we have something called summer pasture-associated heaves, and these are horses that only heave on pasture. My guess is that they're allergic to pollen, basically, that it's a hay fever. It's a whole different ballgame, and those horses, if you bring them into the barn, they get better. So that's a little tiny subset of heaves. So does her horse have some posture associated heaves? Maybe. But guess what? Those horses respond to dexamethasone and hers didn't. So I think her horse has a different disease and it's not heaves. And I think she's going to need a good veterinarian to take a look. Okay. Um, our next question is for Dr. Shoemaker. And it's from Carmelita in Connecticut. And she says she has a horse with a grade 5 heart murmur who also has heaves. She says that sometimes the horse will cough when trotting on the trail. Uh, she wants to know if the cough and exercise could be stressing his heart. Dr. Shoemaker, do you have any thoughts? You know what? This is I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that we have an internal medicine person on board. And uh, Dr. Dr. Nolan Walston, would you mind addressing that one? Uh, yeah, I was... Qualified. I, I, I had a giggle at that because it's true. This is this is the sort of question that um, 
that often comes into a big hospital because it's a really complicated answer. And so um, Dr. Shoemaker's life and mine are different. He deals with um, he deals with the real nitty gritty real life stuff, and I tend to kind of deal with the sort of more esoteric and odd cases. And this is certainly one of those. Um, so, a couple of things. Um, can the heaves make the heart worse? Can the heart make the heaves worse? They both can affect each other. So when when the lungs are diseased with heaves, it makes them stiffer and it makes it harder for the heart to pump blood through the lungs. And so definitely um, a horse with a heart problem that also has heaves, there's a chance that that, that lung disease is going to make that heart have more problems. But I think that what this, this owner really needs to do is work out what is causing the heart murmur there are a whole bunch of different heart murmurs and they have very different causes. And just double check that her horse's signs aren't 100% from the heart because sometimes the signs can be really similar. A horse with heart disease can have a cough and exercise intolerance just from fluid backing up in the lungs from a heart pump that's failing. Okay. Um, and our, our next question um, is for Dr. Nolan Walston. And Dr. Shoemaker, you can jump in um, if you have some comments as well. It's from Sarah in England. And um, she said, her horse has heaved, and I hate seeing him struggle even though he's on medication. Um, if I ride him more frequently as he's currently unfit, would that help him feel better? Is it fair to let the horse struggle with his breathing or is it kinder to euthanize him? Oh, these are such these are such tough questions for owners because you, you can tell that, that Sarah loves her horse and and she's really struggling with making a right choice for him. Um so so where do we start? First of all, I would look at this horse and make sure that we're doing absolutely everything that we can do to control the heaves that fits for her. So I will really go through the environmental changes with her. You know, can the horse be out more? Can it be out all the time? Can it be off hay completely? So I will work on that. I would second look over the medications it's getting. Is it getting the right dose of steroids? Is it getting it in the right way? So first of all, identify whether the medication is, is appropriate. Second, um, if she rides him more frequently as he's currently unfit, um, would that help him? I let these older horses with heaves um, tell me how much exercise they want. So when you're on them, if they say, yeah, come on, let's trot, and they're enthusiastic about it, even if they puff a little bit, I think that's fine. That's not going to do them any harm. But if you're really having to kick them around to get them to exercise, then no, I, I don't think it's fair at all. Um, and finally, is it, is it fair to let a horse struggle with this breeding condition, or is it kinder to put him to sleep? That's so individual, and I look at the horse and I say, how is this horse doing with his breathing? Is he fat and happy? Is he enjoying his food? Is he active at turnout, even if he puffs a little bit? Then, no, I think that that horse is, is doing fine, and even if he can't be an athlete, he's having a good, good quality of life. But eventually, some of these end-stage heaves cases begin to lose weight just because the work of breathing is so much. It's actually like like being at a, a solid trot 24 hours a day, and some of these horses just waste away, and they get uncomfortable enough that they're not even enjoying their food or their life. And, and at that point, then yes, a, a conversation with your vet about whether euthanasia is the best choice is, is definitely on the table. Okay. Yeah, those those are tough, tough choices. And I think, um, because we are almost out of time here, we're going to 
go for one more question. Um, we'll end on a little bit more positive note um, with Dr. Shoemaker. Natalie in Kentucky has an Icelandic horse that suffers from heaves, but this year the horse has been better than in the past. Should she continue treatment for that horse? Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think it's been touched on a couple of times uh, this evening. So when horses are having uh, um, a heavy episode, then that's when they're experiencing inflammation in their airway. And those are the times we need to step in, recognize that step in, treat, and hopefully get that some resolution out of that. If they've been well controlled and not showing any kind of clinical signs, um, you know, the things we've discussed, coughing, uh, nasal discharge, those types of things. Everything seems to be going well, then no, there's not there's not a, a need to continually treat. Um, it's nice to get them off the steroids and only treat when they're having an episode. Um, sometimes people will address this from a lifestyle standpoint. So if they're doing certain uh, events with their horse and they know that their horse typically starts coughing or whatever, the use of a, a bronchodilator a few days in advance or a short course of corticosteroids, um, may be beneficial, but to be able to get these horses off of treatment uh, in between the episodes, I think, is uh, is an important thing, and it's uh, it helps us to recognize how well we're managing the disease and from other standpoint. Okay. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. We've had some great questions, lots of questions coming in from the audience. Um, we try to answer as many as, as possible, and hopefully if your questions didn't get answered, you can get on thehorse.com, do a search, um, and find some resources that will help you out, or talk to your veterinarian uh, to help with your horse's individual treatment. Before we close, I want to ask each of you for some, some final thoughts. Um, Dr. Shoemaker, what would you like the audience to take away from tonight's discussion? Yeah, I think, I think it's just pointed out how difficult these things can be and, and how frustrating they can be. I think in terms of respiratory health, we need, to, uh, from the standpoint of addressing those in horses, we need to do all we can, keep them healthy all the way along. So proper vaccination for the infectious diseases and then inflammatory airway disease, recurrent airway obstruction, those things. Just being uh, hyper aware, if you will, uh, about how you board your horses, how you stall your horses, where you keep them, what you feed them, and try and, and limit those in horses that are showing you sensitivities. And I think it will behoove you and, and make a better life for the horse, a healthier life for the horse long term. Okay. And Dr. Nolan Wolfson? Yep, I'm going to echo that. If there's one thing I could tell the listening audience tonight about treating heaves, it's location, location, location. Get your horse out of the barn. It all comes down to environmental management, and that's that. It's cheap. It's easy. Well, no, it's not always easy, but it's effective and it's the biggest sticking point. Owners are so worried about their horses being cold and being outside that they allow them to stay in, in tucked up barns, breathing air that makes them sick. So um, take a deep breath. Let your horse take a deep breath and kick them out. Well, thank you so much, uh, doctors, for, for your responses on these questions tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened to us live and sent in questions. Um, it made for a great discussion. I also want to thank our sponsor, Behringer um, Ingelheim Vet Medica, um, and we hope that you can join us next month for Ask the Vet Live when we talk about equine MRI. This conversation will be archived on the website uh, immediately after this event. So if you want to listen again, you can find it there. And hopefully we'll see you next time and good night.